Hi, Rodney Jane here from Bob Jane T-Marts. Specialists in tyres and wheels for over 50 years. We stock what tradies need. Tyres, wheels or batteries, we've got you covered. Steel or alloy wheels, 15 inch plus. Big brands such as Monster, R08, CSA, Fuel, PDW and Dynamic. A massive range. Tyres, we love tyres. All-terrain, mud-terrain, 4x4 and SUV tyres. We stock all the top brands such as Bridgestone, BF Goodrich, Falcon, Goodyear, Michelin and Yokohama. Make your 4x4 ute or van look awesome. Cracking deals at Bob Jane T-Marts. We won't be beaten on price. We'll look after you. Test season apply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, Sandown's future and the outlook for next year's supercars calendar. Oscar Piastri making sense of his Formula One contract wrangle. Well, Davison on staying with DJR, plus Mark Scaife explains how race runs supercars. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. A big show this week, plenty to reveal, starting with the outlook for next year's supercars calendar. The 23 schedule is in the works, with some puzzles to solve. Aiming to confirm the calendar for the first year of Gen 3 by the Bathurst 1000 in early October, there are still big questions about Newcastle, Queensland Raceway, New Zealand, The Bend and Sandown. The latter first and next weekend Sandown Super Sprint is the last of the historic Melbourne Metro Track's current agreement. Sandown's long-term future is in grave doubt, but Supercar Supremo Shane Howard confirms that the plan is to renew for 2023 and as many years as possible beyond. Sandown, is it in the frame for next season? Absolutely. Um, Sandown, you know, <laughs> great, great history and heritage there. And um, yeah, we definitely will be doing Sandown next year. The big question about the 2023 Supercast calendar is 12 or 13 events or more. And will QR return? And will Hampton Downs replace Booker Coe? Here's Shane Howard on all that. Um, we're, still, we're developing the calendar now, as we speak. Um, we haven't defined the number yet, but what we what we will do is when we release that calendar, which we always aim to have it released um, going into Bathurst. You know, traditionally we used to always um, launch the calendar publicly in Sandown, but I think now we. we we want to launch the calendar on the lead into Bathurst and we'll define whether it's 12, 13, 14, but it'll all be uh, very well planned and thought through and when, when we launch a calendar we won't be changing it. And there's been talk of Queensland Raceway coming back because of the upgrades there. Are you looking at going back to QR? Uh, yeah, I think um, Tony Quinn's you know, <laughs> done an amazing job in a short period of time with with that uh, venue, and um, yeah, it's a great venue. It's in a growth area, um, and uh, yeah, those options are there. So, and certainly be considered. Mm. Well, you could do a, a job lot or a two for one deal with Tony, couldn't you? Because you're going to be looking for a venue in New Zealand, and he, he of course has Hampton Downs. 
That, that's correct. Um, you know, and we wish Tony all the best in, in, in getting well. Um, so, you know, uh, I've been communicating with him by, by text um, about those opportunities from his hospital bed. So, um, yeah, he, what, what Tony does, everything he does, he does at a high level. And, um, yeah, he's certainly in the, in the mix for those New Zealand venues. Of course, the Adelaide 500 is returning as this year's season finale in early December. And last week's relaunch in the city centre confirmed a big lineup of racing and entertainment. Shane Howard echoed Australia Motorsports' excitement that the Adelaide Street Race Festival is back. Oh, it's extraordinarily important, you know. I think we all know the the you know what Adelaide brings to the championship. It's a special event. It's always been a special event. You know, there's been legends created there, and uh, what it does for the state is 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 amazing. What we've had here is a premier that identified all that, and you know. You heard him here today. This is a man with vision and passion, and uh, you know, all credit to him. He got behind it. He knew what this event delivers for his state, and uh, and he's a motorsport fan. Um, you know, we we couldn't be happier. You know, the championship doesn't feel right without Adelaide, and uh, it's so good to have it back here. However, the Adelaide 500's comeback creates a calendar headache going forward. The Ben Motorsport Park is in talks for a new deal, but not in the middle of winter again. The dilemma is where to put it. The warmer months, early or late in the season, are chock-a-block or too close to the 500. The Newcastle 500 is due to return next March as the season opener, but that deal, much less one for another four years from 2024 through 2027, is far from done. However, Shane Howard remains confident of at least five more Newcastle street race events. Yeah, it's actually yeah really promising. Um, we're in, we're in the last year of a five-year term with with Newcastle. Obviously, it's been affected um, greatly by um, COVID. Um, so I think everybody you know is really looking forward to getting it back. Um, during that term, uh, the uh, one of the approvals that we had because of the delays expired. So we had to re-lodge for our approval process. That's going through now, um, and that'll be finalised very soon. And then we can confirm the actual date um, of the event. And uh, yeah, we're, it'll be back on the on the championship next year. And so we've got fantastic bookends with opening you know, in Newcastle and closing in Adelaide. So I think that's a, that's a you know, really good uh, situation for the championship. So, so you'd say that the Newcastle 500 next year coming back is basically a formality yes it is moving on and a lot of the sting was taken out of the silly car super season speculation about driver swaps by the confirmation that will brown and Brody kostecki had re-signed with erebus motorsport that ruled out brown as the touted replacement for will davison at djr but given davo's scintillating form this season his removal was never really on. Davo will be re-signed, but the man himself is playing coy about his renewal. Uh, yeah, no, just just nothing to. I mean, nothing to to comment at this stage. So it's 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 just something that I suppose um, hopefully take care of itself soon. But uh, yeah, no, just nothing to comment on that at the moment. But yeah, just focused on what we're doing this year, folks. Um, 
and uh, yeah, the aim is to go well. And you know, I suppose at my stage now, that's really all that matters to me. And you know, we'll hopefully, hopefully soon, that sort of thing will, you know, will um, sort of become clearer. But at the moment, it's yeah, just keeping all that between ourselves at the moment. That's why I mentioned it, though. I mean, your form is such that I mean, honestly, you'd have to expect, you know, to still be racing in the series at least next year. Uh, yeah, I, 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 obviously I want I want to. Um, form is really all that matters. I don't look too far ahead at this stage. Really, just focused on uh, on our performance, and uh, you know, that's really all that matters. I haven't been too worried about the noise and um, everything going on. We we all work well together, and, and uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're performing well. So really, for me, that's this stage is all that matters to me. Um, and of course, um, ultimately, um, that you know that generally means it takes care of takes care of the other stuff which you know other years you try and get all that stuff sorted in advance but the moment it's uh, yeah certainly something that um yeah, hopefully soon it'll all come together in fact parked up plus can reveal it will be confirmed at sandown next week that davo will continue as anton de pasquale's teammate at the shell v power racing team will davison will be 40 in a few weeks and his form especially his qualifying pace, has been defying his age. But the dual Bathurst 1000 winner isn't surprised by his midlife speed. I don't think so. Um, it's a nice feeling that I've, been, I've, been, I've got this opportunity again at this stage. Um, and I, I think my hunger and desire is still stronger than ever. So it's not desire. It's not a surprise. I feel... I feel exactly the same behind the wheel and the, the, the determination to keep bettering myself still there. Uh, maybe that's because I had five or six years in single car teams and, you know, maybe it's less competitive machinery. And uh, now, you know, with this opportunity now, it's, uh, if anything, yeah, I've got, I've got the desire to grab the opportunity and not let it go. And, um, and I'm just cherishing that. And, uh, yeah, it, it is nice to feel it again because I've won the pole award. I pr back in 2012, I proved I could, uh, you know, be very good in qualifying. Um, I certainly, you know, feel like I'm a better driver than I was back then. And, um, you know, um, age is, you know, I look after myself. I keep I'm fitter than I've ever been. And I think, it's, it's, I think age is something that's, you know, people maybe lose their focus or their, maybe their commitment at that age I don't think it's anything to do with if you've still got the you know the the, the, the sort of uh, work ethic and yeah it doesn't go anywhere I mean I think seeing that with Alonso now at 42 years of age I think see Will Power at, you know and Scott Dixon you know Will Power leading the IndyCar Championship yeah. at 42 years of age um, him telling me you know <laughs> he's feeling faster than ever himself so um, I'm a couple of years younger than those guys um, and uh yeah, I think I've got more. I still want to. I still want to get better again. I think it's natural that last year I used my experience. I think um, to, you know, to finish well in the championship, to have ten podiums. But I knew second year uh, from history that I was only going to get better this year because I'm working with the same engineer for a second year straight, and um, and we're sort of meshing together. And, and I'm still of the belief that there's more to come. With Davo off the driver market, any moves will be much further down the grid. Reports elsewhere suggest Tim Slade will leave Cool Drive Racing to lead Premier Racing, throwing a lifeline to Lee Holdsworth, set to replace Slade as he's ousted from Grove Racing by Kiwi young gun Matt Payne. Plenty more to come after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. 
and its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuel.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. A week ago, the shock news that Formula One superstar Fernando Alonso is switching to Aston Martin next year opened the door to Australia's Oscar Piastri taking his place at Alpine. Since then, though, it's got ugly, with Melbourne-born Piastri in a tug-of-war between Alpine and McLaren. Now, it looks like he's set to replace Daniel Ricciardo at McLaren, putting team boss Zach Brown at the centre of yet another driver contract controversy. To make some sense of how Piastri became embroiled in this drama, we spoke with Formula One authority Joe Sayward, who's been covering Grand Prix racing for more than 30 years. According to Sayward, it's a complicated scenario with a simple explanation. I think it's fair to say that that uh, Oscar must be very, very confident to have done what he did and put out the statement he put out. So I expect to see him at McLaren. However, there are only two drives at McLaren. Um, and that means they have to do a settlement with Daniel. And the... The big question is now, can they find a settlement? Now, Daniel and McLaren, uh, if one of the two parties doesn't want to go on, it's quite hard to have a relationship that is of any value. So it's really a question of finding a solution uh, where everybody is happy. Now, the obvious solution, um, given that Piastri's gone and Alonso's gone, is for Daniel to go back to Enstone, where he was before in the Renault days. Um, but we don't know for sure if that's what's going to happen. So I think he still wants to go on racing. I don't think Daniel's lost his mojo completely. I think, you know, he's a great racing driver and we've seen great things in the past. He just hasn't worked at McLaren. Now, why he hasn't worked is, is an interesting question, but I don't know the answer to that. As promising as Oscar Piastri may be, it would seem to be a gamble, to say the least, to swap him for a proven commodity in Ricardo. Uh, it's kind of a risk in, in some respects, but you know, Daniel's had two years at McLaren and he hasn't he hasn't delivered the goods apart from that one win in in Italy. And I think everybody admits that um, there's disappointment on both sides. I think everybody's disappointed the relationship hasn't worked. As to why it hasn't, difficult to explain. In terms of Piastri, I think that you know Oscar is seen by everybody as being a super talent. And I think that if anything, what's happened here is that Alpine have been uh, probably, it's hard to say exactly what's going on, whether there's been any connivance between Alonso and, and Weber. But, you know, it's quite surprising really that nine, nine hours after the deadline option thing, two things happened and, and Alpine ended up with nothing. So, um, you know, I, I know that there was some bad blood going on between Alpine and Oscar and therefore by association, Mark. I'd heard about that before, um, you know, and the relationships were not going well. So, but this has been going on for some time, but it's all come to a head. Now, we're, you, know, you must also remember that Alonso and Weber are quite close. They've been buddies for many years. 
So one can ask the question, you know, what's been going on there? So it suggests that Piastri's potential is worth all this angst. Well, I think it's very hard for any of us to say he's that good, but everything I've seen about him gives the indication that he is extremely good. Um, he's won Formula 3 first season. He's won Formula 2 first season. He's, a, he's an incredibly um, well-sorted-out uh perfect kind of thought processes for a, for a young racing driver going to the top. And, and this is the kind of thing you see from really great future champions is they know what they want and they go and find a way of getting it. Now, the interesting question is whether um, McLaren is a better choice than Alpine. That's a question that very few people have asked. Um, McLaren is a customer Mercedes team uh, and Alpine is a, is a manufacturer team. Now, Alpine have, have been going quite slowly forwards but there is also an argument some people say well of course you know if he goes to McLaren maybe one day he could move on to Mercedes because they're a customer ah, maybe they could I don't know but you know there are there are lots of questions to be answered but I think we'll certainly find out next year if Oscar has got what it takes but he's gonna you know with with uh, Lando Norris with his feet under the table at McLaren um, he's taking on a hell of a big rival McLaren F1 boss Zach Brown is emerging as a serial offender of busting driver contracts, trying also to lure IndyCar champion Alex Pelot to his American team. Amid that fight, Sayward posits an interesting solution to replacing Ricardo with fellow Aussie Oscar Piastri in the McLaren F1 team. There is a nice tidy solution to this, but it does rely on... on uh... Daniel Ricciardo wanting to go race in America, which doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. But you could always just, um, McLaren could offer Daniel to uh, Ganassi and they get a, a frontline Grand Prix driver. He'd get a top-line IndyCar drive and Zach Brown would get Palau and um, Oscar Piastri. Now, <laughs> obviously, McLaren would have to pay some of the salary fees as well. But at the end of the day, that would work out quite nicely, apart from the fact that Daniel doesn't want to go raise ovals. So um, we'll have to see what happens. But I think that sort of sums up where we're at now. Jay Sayward is one of the gurus of F1 reporting, and you can find his often eccentric but informed views at grandprixplus.com. Supercar's owner, Race, has revealed it's looking to buy out takeover partner Australian Racing Group. Amid the ownership controversy, there have been a lot of questions about, well, who runs what? And right in the middle of it all is V8 legend and Supercars broadcast commentator Mark Scaife. Scaife has broken his silence to explain to Parked Up Plus how races ownership of supercars works. Well, Mark, I'm going to be very broad um, because the acquisition was basically all of last year, whereby Race promulgated the sale through Archer and eventually the teams, whereby we, as in Race, the consortium of investors, have, over that period of time, um, dealt with Miles and Archer and the teams to essentially set up um, a business which is chaired by uh, Barclay Nettlefold, the predominant 
investment group underneath that is Henslow uh, out of Melbourne. And uh, we, as a collective consortium, have uh, set up a company which basically at the top level is a strategy financial governance based business, which is RACE, Racing Australia Consolidated Enterprises. Then underneath that is the operations business of running supercars day to day. So there's two, effectively two boards and the business um, is run uh, under, under that structure. And how are you involved? So I'm a director of both of those entities. Um, and my involvement is basically under a uh, an agreement whereby I look after a lot of the government relations. I look after a lot of the product planning, um, which means obviously Gen 3 and the ability to work with car companies moving forward on our plan to grow the sport. So um, I'm involved, I work very closely with Shane Howard and Mark Pedgick and Cam Price and Tim Holden and the executive group of supercars, but I also make sure that within those boundaries, the management are the, are the people running the business. According to Scaife, there's lots going on behind the scenes to make supercars bigger in the future. Well, we come in to the business with a mandate to reset and re-energise the support, and we're not in the business to be short-term investors, we're in the business for the long term, we're in the business to grow the sport. And under various platforms, whether that's the product plan um, by Gen3, whether that's looking at new events, and obviously the reinstatement of the Adelaide event is, is a massive burst of positivity and momentum for us. And then as a consequence, there's so many other layers to that, whether it's digital transformation, whether it's uh, improving quality of our entertainment, both on track and off track. And so much of what we're doing is really very much fan-based. So we've done a lot of research. We've worked very hard on um, so many areas of improving the customer experience. And that's, you know, at our core, Mark, we are a motor racing business, but it just so happens that whether we're on TV or we're at events, we're in the entertainment business. And that's clearly the mandate that we're going to try to evolve and have a roadmap for growing the sport. So there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than we've seen so far that will come out in the near or medium future. Massively, Mark. There's been so much work, seriously. I mean, you know, we've really only been the owners of the business and taken over um, since the start of last year and you know there were some senior executive changes with the previous CEO leaving etc um, so there's been you know and, um, and that's you know those those things once you get your feet under, under the desk and you start to understand where we're going and what we're doing there's you know there's a lot of things in the background that we had to to uh, grab and and ensure that the management were across everything in terms of creating a business plan um, so we've you know, got a comprehensive plan. We have worked very hard in the background to stabilise uh, the, the business under a, under a whole new regime. More from Mark Scaife about the future of supercars in upcoming episodes. Parked up plus wins. Well, sort of.
founding Parked Up podcast co-host Tony Delberto broke through at Queensland Raceway on the weekend, scoring his first TCR wins. Delberto, a leading supercars co-driver, won two races in his Honda Civic Type R, extending his title lead with two rounds to go. Tony D spoke with his parked-up co-founder Grant Rowley after his long-awaited triumph. Tony D'Alberto, your first race win in TCR, not just that, two race wins, extended championship lead, an amazing weekend for you here at Queensland. Damn, that sounds good, doesn't it? Two race wins, a pole position, and extend the championship lead. It was, uh, you know, not not many times you get to write about that. So uh, it was an awesome weekend for us here. Um, we did a great job, and I'm really proud of the boys. Proud of myself as well to finally get that monkey off my back and all the journos like yourself, Grant. Uh, you don't have to ask me when am I going to get that win. Um, so yeah, just absolutely thrilled. It was just an incredible weekend for us and just so happy. Under the pressure we're, we're under for the championship um, to really deliver this weekend was awesome. Two rounds to go, six races. The real money tickets starting right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the job's not done just yet. We've still got um, some tough races ahead of us. Bathurst probably was isn't a favourable place for the Honda. Um, so Sandown's going to be quite crucial, but it's, it is going to be tricky with the extra weight that we're going to carry after getting pole position uh, this weekend at Queensland. So, um, But, you know, everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's sort of playing those games of BOP and all that, and um, we can just keep putting our best foot forward and gather as many points as we can. So I feel like we're in a really good spot, um, but we can't sort of uh, back off just yet. And will you join me on Thursday for Parked Up? I will this week. I will come on this week. Grant Rowley will be back with his wrap-up of all the action at the Speed Series return to the New Lock Queensland Raceway after this short break. Hey there, race fans. We think Parked Up is great, but if you need a change of pace and tone, tune into the Girls on the Grid podcast with Priya Richards and Tanea McLeod. It's all motorsport, but spoken from a female point of view. Girls on the Grid, every Monday on all your favourite podcast platforms. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. And we're on the home straight. It was another big weekend in racing around the world. Speed Series returned with a packed program at Queensland Raceway, while Scott McLaughlin starred on the streets of Nashville in IndyCar. With his wrap-up of all that, plus WRC's iconic Rally of Finland and MotoGP's British Grand Prix, here's Grant Rowley. IndyCar returned to the streets of Nashville and it was a Kiwi 1-2 as Scott Dixon won from Scott McLaughlin with Alex Palau third. Aussie Will Power was 11th and continues to lead the title. From the streets to the dirt and jumps of Finland, Ott Tanak defeated hometown hero Calais Rovenpera in the latest round of the World Rally Championship. In NASCAR Cup, Kevin Harvick took victory in Michigan from Bubba Wallace and Denny Hamlin. On two wheels, Italian Francesco Bagnaia won the British round of MotoGP at Silverstone, finishing ahead of Maverick Vinales and Aussie teammate Jack Miller. Locally, the fifth round of the Speed Series at Queensland Raceway saw more than 13,000 fans roll through the gates for the return of national-level motorsport to Ipswich. In TCR, Honda driver Tony D'Alberto claimed pole and two wins, while Audi young gun Jay Hansen also took a victory. In the Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia, powered by AWS, Prince Jeffrey Ibrahim and Shane Van Gisbergen won Saturday's first race, before Yasser Shahin and Garth Tander claimed an entertaining race too. 
Nathan Hearn completed a clean sweep in Turtle Wax Trans Am, while Barry Clinton won on his Australian production car series return. In Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge, it was CHE Racing's Tom Sargent, who was the dominant force, taking three wins, all ahead of Ryan Wood for Earl Bamber Motorsport. Ricky Capo won the Australian prototypes as Chris Perini took out the Radical Cup Australia. And just a few hours up the road, Wayne Maxwell secured a clean sweep of wins in the Australian Superbike Championship round held at Morgan Park Raceway. And to top off a huge weekend in international and Australian motorsport, the latest round of the Australian Former Ford Series was held at Sydney Motorsport Park. CHE Racing's Jimmy Fisick took the overall win with three victories with Jude Bargwana and Ryder Quinn hot on his heels. I'm Grant Rowley reporting for Parked Up Plus. Finally, rising supercar star Brody Kostecki made his Trans Am debut at QR, scoring podiums in his Boost Mobile-backed Camaro. Controversially, Kostecki replaced band superstar Shane Van Gisbergen, who scored a win and a podium in the GT races, also at QR. Giz brushed off queries about his Trans Am ban, and Brody Kostecki snubbed the written media. Bush talked to TV, then refused to elaborate for other reporters. Now, I call that political poor form, especially for a bloke who is unrestrained on and off the track in supercars. For the greater good of Australian motor racing, this cold war between supercars and Trans Am has to end. Just because they're both V8 series doesn't make them rivals. Supercar stars add value and interest to other categories, filling the gap between their infrequent events. Well, that's it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley and the return of founding co-host Tony Delberto on Thursday. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 